Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. David Haw, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. I love my Saturday mornings talking baseball with you, Bruce. I missed this. It was a lot of fun, obviously, uh, doing the Bears during the Bears season. I'm glad it's over. It's, it's fun being back. And there's a lot to talk about this weekend, and a lot of it revolves around the White Sox. And not just because today is 60th birthday of Ozzie Guillen. Happy birthday, Ozzie Guillen. How about that, Bruce? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I I still remember seeing a 21-year-old kid uh, in his first spring training with the White Sox. Uh, his English was, well, I don't want to say, it, it's a little bit better now. And <laughs> the guy had braces on his teeth. He was feisty and competitive and fun as he as he is. Uh, 39 years later, and just a, a terrific person and, and a great family. What a what a what a great guy to, to call friend in baseball and around Chicago. He's a Chicagoan. Couldn't agree with you more. We're we're blessed to have Ozzy as a regular contributor to the score during the baseball season, and he is somebody that you know covering him and 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 being friends with him after covering him is is something that still kind of is is one of those things that you look at like wow that's that. That evolved, but it was great in both cases. And let's say this, Ozzie Guillen's, I think, legacy as a Chicago White Sox manager and player is intact. That brings and broadcaster us, now. And broadcaster, absolutely. Yeah. As an analyst, yeah. he's terrific at it. He's an award-winning analyst as well, which brings us to the subject of legacies. And I do wonder, Bruce, and I, and I think when we talk about this White Sox stadium flirtation or the possibility of examining the pros and cons of going to the South Loop in the 78, building a ballpark, 37,000 seats, 7,000 parking spaces, revitalizing the franchise. I want to know, from your perspective, covering baseball as long as you have, knowing Jerry Reinsdorf as well as you do, how much of this quest is financially driven because it immediately increases the value of the franchise? How much of this quest is legacy-driven, wanting to – leave something better than he found it because that is something that a lot of people talk about. And now with this project, Jerry Reinsdorf could be in a position to do. Well, the one thing you know about Jerry Reinsdorf is he gets things done, David. 
okay? So there's a building called the United Center. Most people think Michael Jordan built it. In actuality, uh, David, uh, the Wurtz family and Jerry Reinsdorf built the United Center for $140 million, which they took a loan out with Japanese bankers back in the early 90s and paid it off within five years. So this is a man, that $140 million building is worth well over a billion dollars now. This man can get it done, okay? Whether, you, whether you're a big fan of his as an owner of the White Sox or not, this, is, this guy is in the position he's in and has been all these years because he knows how to make deals and get them done. Is he a great baseball owner? Has he won enough championships? Uh, those are questions that even Jerry asks himself from time to time. The reality is this is one more thing that he can do for the city of Chicago his family, and the fans of the White Sox, more importantly, all in one bundle, which is perfect. Why wouldn't you do it? That's the answer. Uh, again, do people like Jerry Reinsdorf? I, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you, do you think people care uh, about Tom Ricketts, or uh, you know, do they really walk around complaining about the owners of the Bears? I think the media complains more about them than, than fans Oh, I do. disagree with that, Bruce. Okay. I totally disagree with that. All right. I think that the McCaskies are the easiest targets and the most consistent target, I think, of Bears fans. I think when you look at the Cubs, you know, Tom Ricketts is still relatively new to the landscape, considering he bought the team in 2009. And you look at the Wurtzes with the Blackhawks, Jerry Reinsdorf with the, the White Sox, and, and certainly the McCaskies with the Bears. Uh, Tom Ricketts still is the new kid in town, essentially. I, I want to ask you this, and I'm curious what people think. 312-644-6767. I don't know if I agree with you if that Jerry Reinsdorf cares about the White Sox fan. I, I don't know that the recent evidence suggests that that is a priority. I don't why would think he do it then? Oh, why would he do? I, I, I wonder, I, I, and I guess you're answering my question, so I appreciate that, but I do and maybe am, am skeptical if doing this – exploring this is for the fan base or is for the financial uh, profit because it's, you're, you're... it's all of those it's all of those David look uh, again you know you go back to ownership what fans care about I will humbly step out and say what what Cub, Cub and White Sox fans care about is the quality of the players on the team and whether they can win or lose they don't care about next year the year after the year after that as to how uh, Jed Hoyer in the front office and Chris Getz in the front office have to prepare uh, economically for it. The, the one thing about a, an ownership of a new team uh, in a new ballpark or, or the same team in a new ballpark is it's going to be a big plus for the fans. They're going to have a better fan experience and there's going to be more money to spend. Will Jerry or the new owner spend that money? That'll be up to them at that time. The point is, is that this, this will be a better experience than what they have right now. Well, I think, Bruce, I think fans like winning. And when you look at what the White Sox have not done recently, they haven't won. They've been unlikable. They have – I don't know if it makes any sense, but there's almost like been an active indifference from ownership. There's been uh, – they've been a hard to, team to embrace. The hardest team in town. White Sox fans, how many people do you know who are White Sox fans that are fed up with 
whatever the case is, bringing in players that are unlikable or uh, not doing things in the name of winning. The Tony Larusa era was a disaster, and I think that when you look at when you look at some of the things that Sox fans are looking at, I, I do wonder. I think it's fair to wonder how much ownership values the fan input Look, and, and respects the fan base. David, you have to have a perspective above and beyond the score, talk radio, uh, conversation on television, on, on, uh, uh, on X, on any type of social media. That's not necessarily the consensus of every White Sox or Cub fan about how they feel about ownership, okay? okay. Uh, I, you're, you're a smart guy. You've been around forever. You know, so you understand that. The, the reality is, is that is Jerry well-liked at this point? No. Uh, I don't think Tom Ricketts was well-liked in 21 and 22 either when the Cubs were rebuilding, okay? I don't think that was, that was a great time for them. I don't think people were happy about losing Rizzo and losing Bryant, losing Baez. Uh, as it turned out, turned out to be the right move, but that, that's a story for another day. In this situation, there's nobody that will tell you, I don't think, that really has a, their finger in the pulse. And again, this is just me talking. Mm-hmm. That staying where the White Sox are at right now is a good idea for the future. I, I think that's a perspective that I respect, Bruce. And I, and I know that's why we're having this conversation. You know the landscape and you know the man. And I do wonder about how much of this flirtation with the South Loop is because as a result of some of the things we've been talking about. But as enough of us. Let's get to our, our listeners because there's a lot of people who want to weigh in here, and the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's continue the conversation with Tracy from Naperville. Good morning, Tracy. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you for taking my call. Um, but my point is, I'm going to be very brief. I think they're doing this thing backwards. You build the team first and then worry about where they're going to play because you could take $10 million and go out to uh, the, uh, a minor league uh, uh, complex and, and, and build it up if you just want to size down because that sounds like what he's trying to do. Build the team first I don't and then agree. you'll get the fans and everything else. Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate the phone call. Bruce, you can do both. It's easy to do both. Other, other teams have done both. Well, it's not easy to do both. Uh, okay. I would say... It's easy I, to try I, to do both. It's, it's easy to try to do both. <laughs> I, I, would ju- I would just say this. Um, monetizing a franchise for an owner is a really good idea for a fan. Now, does that guarantee that the owner is going to spend money for you? But if you're in the city of Chicago, okay, and and if Jerry gets a rap, and I understand this, they've never had a hundred million dollar player ever. I don't know if that's a badge of honor or a badge of not not trying hard enough. But that's reality, an embarrassment, Bruce. It's an embarrassment. Okay, okay but uh, you know your hundred million dollar players don't always work out. Okay, either to your sixty or seventy million dollar players. But the re- the reality is, uh, if you have more revenue coming in if you monetize that franchise moving past a mistake of signing a hundred or two hundred million dollar player is much easier okay still you must run a great organization you must have a good minor league system okay you have to have smart people helping you run it 
these are things that that Jerry is working on, has worked on, not to the not not to the um, fans' uh, acceptance on a lot of that area, not to the media's acceptance on a lot of area, not to his own by proving that he had to replace his whole front office to try to get moving forward. So, from that perspective, I just think. There is no downside to this. If taxpayers are not going to pay more than they're paying right now for this stadium, and that's a, a huge issue. It's a big if. That's a big okay. possibility. If, if that's the yep. case, yep. then you're talking about living conditions for the people that are in the South Loop and the inconvenience of them having uh, 81 games in that area. Uh, the money that it brings into Chicago, that area, great. The businesses in that area, great. Uh, living conditions for people who live in that area and getting up and back to their homes and uh, people walking around around their homes and, you know, building a complex is maybe not so great. Let's go to John in Ravenswood. John, welcome inside the clubhouse. Thanks for calling. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, Bruce, I, I, I really enjoy the show. I generally agree with you. I'm a Cub fan. I, I just couldn't disagree more with you on this. Uh, Jerry... Reinsdorf got a sweetheart deal from the state of Illinois. Uh, it wasn't good enough for him, so then they threw in the, the restaurant they get now in the parking lot. He, I don't think he has to pay rent or tax on that. The Cubs tried to make a move, and they were told absolutely zero public money. He shouldn't get a penny. And, then, and to, to make him out like this benevolent owner that cares about the fans, he's never spent for Sox fans. And I'll leave you with this. He said it himself. Remember last year he was on some interview. He thought no one was listening, apparently. He dropped his veil and said, my behavior and the other owners was tantamount to stealing. That's, a, that's who Jerry Reinsdorf is. His deal's coming to an end. He wants to line his pockets for him, his partners, and his family. Not for Sox fans not for the people of the city of Chicago. Thanks, John. Appreciate the phone call. I don't remember him saying stealing, Bruce. I think he was at a seminar in California where he did talk about finishing second, or there is a quote attributed to Jerry about not needing to win necessarily every year. It's just about the the illusion of appearing to want to win. My job is not to make Jerry Reinsdorf into a saint. Do I have a relationship with him? Do I like Jerry? Yes, I do. It has nothing to do with how I report. The reality is, is... If this is a good deal for the White Sox fans, okay, the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, okay, the downtown area, for crying out loud, needs something like this, a shot in the arm. It really does. It will get the attention of everybody, every official, the mayor's office, the police, the fire department, everybody that is essential to running the city of Chicago. This can be a great thing for everybody, not just for the Reinsdorf family. And at this stage of the process, our obligation and responsibility is to let people know what's going on. And according to the Sun-Times in this morning's paper, it's, it, this is going on. Jerry Reinsdorf met with local politicians as recently as last night. So did the uh, business people to, to brief people on what is what is the status of this exploration, of this project? So I think that as we go into it, there are still a lot of questions that remain unanswered. And the biggest one will be, how do you pay for it? And once those questions are adequately addressed, adequately addressed, 
and we know that there's no public money, that will, that will influence people's opinion on this. I get why there would be reluctance to want to include any type of public funding in a city that can't really afford to prioritize a baseball ballpark in the middle of the South Loop. I get that. But from, from the perspective of due diligence, trying to increase the value of your franchise and do something that would be a legacy type of a thing for Jerry Reinsdorf, this is worth our conversation and worth your time. No doubt about that. Yeah, the taxes aren't going to go down. I'm not – my reporting at the beginning of the show and what the Sun-Times is talking about in their story today is this deal, number one, can get done very quickly here. Okay, number one. Number two, your tax base should not go up from where it is right now, depending on what uh, the mayor – and his people uh, project for taxes going down the line for other reasons. The stadium itself should not be uh, adding to your tax base at this point. Kendall is in Naperville. Kendall, welcome inside the clubhouse. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, Bruce, respectfully, when you question whether it was a badge of honor for to never have signed a player for a $100 million contract, you know how incredibly pedestrian a $100 million contract in the MLB is now and for the White Sox to have not signed one is nothing more than a direct correlation to the ownership. The fact that we have not had a fan fest in two years is direct correlation to the ownership. This ownership is awful. And you're a reporter. If you don't know how preoccupied the White Sox fan base is with how awful this ownership group is, then you're blind. I know Je- I know Ryan Swart's your friend, but you're not calling it like everybody else. Oh, okay. That's pretty All right. frustrating. All right. You know, Thanks, look, Kendall. I, th- I think a difference of opinion is the healthiest thing that we have in the world, okay? And in, in this case, spending $100 million, you don't have to be a genius to do that, okay? that That's not the key to winning championships. Do you need to plug in great players once you have a good franchise going, yes, you do. Are you prone to making mistakes? Spending a hundred, one hundred and fifty million. Hey, the Cubs were were they were they were one for two. One hundred and fifty-five million dollars for John Lester. One hundred and eighty-four million for Jason Haywood. Okay, you're you're not gonna, you're not going to always be right. The point is, if you have the monetize, monetizing of your franchise. You can afford to have more than one, okay? You can afford to make a mistake. You can afford to make mistakes, okay? That's what I'm saying this type of stadium will bring to you as a White Sox fan. Just just listen to this. It's just, it's, I'm just trying to give you some logic on it. Whether you, you like Jerry or not, whether you think he's a good owner or not, this is the right move right now. I am not a big fan of Jerry Reinsdorf. I don't think he has done uh, a, a responsible job at times with the White Sox, and I understand the fans' rancor and frustration with him. Uh, but I also think that objectively, when you look at what this could create in terms of increasing the, the, the value of the franchise, what it could mean to that area of the city, and in terms of development in Chicago, in fairness, this is something that could alter his legacy. I think it really could, Bruce. I think that when you look at this and, and you say, all right, we'll, we'll begin or end this the way we, we began this segment. Try to leave something better than you found it. Building a ballpark in the South Loop for the White Sox would definitely be doing that. 
David, what is the legacy of Jerry Reinsdorf with the Chicago Bulls? Okay, Michael Reinsdorf runs the franchise uh, and has for the last four or five years and will going forward. What is his legacy there? Okay, do you think people are talking about him selling the Bulls and should get rid of it because they haven't won a championship in 25 years? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand that part of it. He doesn't really get much credit for what he did with the Bulls initially. The last 25 years... I think he and I, that's easy. his if you want family would, that say, that's easy. Would, would say, hey, that, this isn't what we want to do. We haven't really done what we, we set out to do here. We have, we have failed to get a winner here. Nobody's telling him to sell the Bulls at this point. Well, the Bulls don't need to be sold. The Bulls don't have a fan base that is clamoring for change and inadequacy and, and mismanagement because Michael Why Jordan not? was here because he was the chairman when Michael Jordan that's played basketball years better than ago. anybody in the world. But that's why 25 said years. his legacy as an owner is intact because Michael Jordan happened to be here. So that, to me, is, is not comparable. Jerry Reinsdorf's passion is baseball. He, he wants to be he, the he baseball He gets no owner. credit for the Bulls, I mean, I, I'll tell you that much. And, and they should be under scrutiny as well because I'm they haven't won I'm not forgiving him for hiring Tony years. La Russa and hijacking that process because he was the chairman when okay. Michael Jordan was a bull. I, they're, they're incompatible. They're two different things, Bruce. Now you tick me off. Okay. I mean, how many Bulls uh, coaches have you liked over the years? Oh, I love Phil Jackson. I was a big Phil Scott Jackson. Skiles okay. guy. Oh, Scott Skiles from Northwest Indiana, Bruce. Come on. He was he's the pride of Plymouth. You know I'm going to like him. I didn't like Tim Floyd. Let me think. Bill Cartwright, classy guy. A lot of Bulls coaches I liked. <laughs> Tom, Tom Thibodeau, do your job. I love Thibs. He was my guy. Thanks. I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry I brought up another sport. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> Bruce, don't apologize. I love being back. It's fun. All right, we need to get out of uh, this conversation and into a break because we're talking more White Sox with Paul Yanish, who will join us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine, appreciate you joining us this morning talking baseball in a cold winter morning in Chicago. Bruce, getting ready to talk to Paul Janish from the White Sox Director of Player Development, and the White Sox have a lot of development to do. Before we get to Paul, I'm curious because uh, kind of catching up here with a lot of off-season baseball stuff, the Cubs are easy to catch up to because their off-season has been pretty stagnant. How about the White Sox? Are they going to be a team fully committed to a youth movement in 2024, Bruce? What do you think that says about this season do you think that is the wisest move for them to make i think the white Sox fans can look at their team in a different way they might lose 90 to 95 games but they might lose it in a more upwardly important way of moving the franchise and the players forward so to directly answer your question and and paul will We'll jump in on this as soon as he's ready to join us here. Um, the White Sox will be a better defensive team. They'll have more athletic players, baseball athletes at certain positions. They'll be smarter. They'll be they'll be easier to watch. They will build on youth, okay? But like any good rebuild that we talked about earlier, you're you're going to have to plug in eventually, okay? That that's that's probably a year or two away, but the the Colson Montgomery's are, are not far. He could be there as early as 2024 playing shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. There are young players to keep your eyes on. Uh, Edgar Cuero, a catcher who's going to be an all-star, is probably a year away. Uh, Noah Schultz, left-handed pitcher. There's, there's some good players in that organization. Right now, nobody knows where they're going to go and how far they will go but I, I guarantee you this I trust Chris Getz I like the people that he's brought in to work with him none of them have any Chicago connections so all of that idea about oh this is just another Chicago White Sox thing where they're just using people that they know it, it's it's totally opposite well, of that whether it'll be successful or not quickly I cannot give you an answer to what's that. interesting about it to me Bruce is that it's Maybe I overstate this sometimes, but I think it's all about the packaging. If you go into a season, like no no 95 to 97 loss season, not everyone is created equally. If you go into a season thinking you're a playoff contender, a wild card type team, maybe win the division like the Sox maybe thought last year at the beginning, and you lose 101 games, it feels like a disaster that lasts forever, and it's a death march to October. But if you go into a season – feeling very good and excited about your young talent and your prospects and the Colson Montgomery's and the Noah Schultz's and the guys who may be on the way, then it's an entirely different vibe. And organizationally, you have, a, you have an entirely different sense of the momentum, which is a good way to bring in our next guest. Paul Janish is the director of player development for the White Sox. And right now he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Good morning, Paul. Welcome inside the clubhouse. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing today? Doing well. Appreciate your time. Uh, you're talking with Bruce Levine, David Haw, and we are talking White Sox. And I just asked Bruce, 
Paul, about this season and about the commitment to the young talent in the White Sox organization. So you're the best person to ask. How would you assess the young talent in the White Sox organization? Yeah, I think I think it's an exciting time, guys. With uh, with, with Chris Getz at the top, you know, as, as a first year GM, and and really just focusing on kind of a the mission statement of of, of reinvesting into the system, I think is is exciting. And and you know, me being new to the organization, I'm excited to. I'm actually in Arizona right now. With we have a performance camp going on, and getting to know and shake hands with a bunch of the the, the players that we have coming up. And to your point, it, it, it it's an exciting time. There's there's some young, in particular, arm talent. Um, we all know Colson Montgomery is, is you know, hopefully on the cusp of getting to the big leagues. And, you know, on the position player side, there's some uh, some some new catching depth that's been added to the organization here of late that, uh, that everybody's excited about. So there's uh, there's some moving parts, but but at the end of the day, we're we're excited about some of the some of the guys that are going to have the opportunity, hopefully, to get to Chicago in the next uh, you know year or two. Paul, can you talk about your trek from Rice to uh, back to the big leagues, where you were a very successful player for a long period of time? And got every ounce out of his ability. I can't think of a, a better way to start for a player development guy than to have a guy like a Paul Yanish or a, a Chris Getz there evaluating because you and, and Chris from your careers understood what it took not to get there only, but to be able to stay. And, and I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I, you know, Chris and I actually joke with each other. You know, we wish we'd been better players, but it probably probably set us up really, really well for the uh, our post career involvement in baseball. So, um, I, I think the way that you phrased it is, is very appropriate. I think that we, you know, at least I'll speak for myself. The 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 nature of my career, I you know, I look through a different lens. You know, the majority of the time than than what you know a, a perennial all star may have may may have experienced at the major league level, and I, I think that that's. You know, it's 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 kind of a blessing in the sense that you know you 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 pay attention to all of the little things that they go into a day the day to day and and you know that's that's on both sides of the ball whether it's offense or defense and you know from that standpoint I you know I think it's it's it lends itself to really being able to help young players and 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 diagnose in, in particularly you know some of the guys that kind of you know we're all looking to, to to get it right with the it factor and I think that's such a big such a big, um, you know, character trait for, for for young players in terms of being able to make it to the big leagues, and in particular, because look, there's there's ten percent of guys that are that are just better than everybody else, right? You know, and, and those guys are going to play in the major leagues and have good careers pretty much no matter what, just because of their ability. The rest of us, you know, have to have to do some of the the other things that really add up to to being on a winning baseball team, and uh, you know, that's what we're trying to 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 impress on, on, on the system at this point, obviously Chris has laid a really good foundation on that. I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to come into a place where, um, you know, from that standpoint, guys are, are familiar with kind of that presentation, which I'm really just looking to kind of carry on. We're talking with Paul Janish, the White Sox director of player development. And, and Paul, when you look at your career, it is similar to Chris Getz's at the major league level, but I'm curious, how did you end up in this organization? Who did you know? Who who did you have? Uh, it, because of, oftentimes you see guys who uh, join organizations based on their shared history with somebody, and that they collaborated with in the past, or they knew somebody at a diff, at a previous stop. You're coming here from the college baseball uh, uh, experience at Rice. I'm just curious how you ended up in the White Sox organization. Yeah, so Chris and I have always had a, a good relationship. We played against each other a ton, you know, during our during our playing career and. 
um, you know, had had a bunch of peripheral friends that were, that, you know, mutual contacts, if you will, that, you know, kind of always uh, likened us to each other. So I think that was, for us, the start of our relationship. Um, there's obviously been the addition of Josh Barfield as, as, a, as an assistant general manager. Him and I have known each other for a long time. Gene Watson, who's, uh, you know, just the, the scout that started it all, so to speak. He, he and I have had a relationship for a long time. So there was there was some synergy there um, with regards to building the, the you know, from from within on the, in the on the front office side, but I mean ultimately the answer to the question I think is is just I've always I've always been a been a baseball guy. I I really really enjoyed my time at the college level. Obviously I, I went to Rice and had some really good experience there. We won a national championship there when I was in college. And um, but but to be transparent, I, I I have had an aspiration to get back on the pro side just from from uh you know selfishly just the the level of play obviously is 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 unique and and the ability to help guys you know kind of on the path to the major leagues is something that I have a passion for and, and, uh, and, and I'm hoping to be able to, to impart some knowledge and, and on both staff and, and, and players as well. And I, I think that it's, it's an all encompassing thing that I'm, I'm really excited about being back on this side of the game. And in particular with, with an organization that is, uh, is, is looking to, you know, kind of turn it around a little bit in particular at the major league level, but, but overall just, uh, again, going back to the mission statement for, from Getz, it's 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 just a really really unique situation, in my opinion, to be a part of something like this as we're getting going. Paul, tell us a little bit about Noah Schultz and uh, his ascension toward uh, the big leagues, and maybe a little bit about Jake Elder. Could we see either or both in the big leagues this year? Yeah, so I'll start with Jake. Like, he, he's a little closer to to the to the end of the tunnel, right? And he um, just a really talented arm, you know. Needs needs to ultimately the the arm talent is is gonna is gonna provide success at the big league level. The the thing for him is is deciding, you know, not deciding, but but becoming more consistent. Which I think with you know with the addition of Brian Bannister at the top and and uh, and, and 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 Matt Zaleski as our pitching coordinator, I think he's he's gonna be close to there to 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 getting to there this year um with noah man you're talking about somebody who just i mean it looks like randy johnson it's 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 a super unique um six nine frame from the left side from that low slot and it's um he's 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 gonna have to just he's just not quite far that far down the road he's a younger guy he, he you know he's gonna physically develop continue to physically develop and um, what, what I do know is, is being around him for a short period of time is he does he does have an aspiration to be really good, which I think is a huge a huge factor in this deal. And so ultimately, like you know, with a guy like him who's who's just getting going, so to speak, it, it's making sure from a development standpoint, physically and and, and then mentally, obviously as well, that he's um, he, he's ready to move up appropriately throughout the organization. But I think assuming health, it's it's very safe to assume he's he's going to be contributing to the major league level at some point. Quickly before I let you go, is it safe to assume or unrealistic to uh, expect Colson Montgomery to contribute to the White Sox in the first half of the 2024 season? Uh, bold prediction. I, you know, I Colson's going to play in the major leagues, and he's going to be a good he's going to be a good player for sure. Uh, you know, th- that the answer to that question ultimately is up to him. I think it's he's he's going to start the season off. You know, wherever he ends up, and and he's. I'm, I'd be shocked if he's if he's not playing well, assuming health, right? So, like, the, the answer to the question is up to him. I, I think that you know, all of us in the organization are excited about Colson. There's no question about it. He's a competitive kid. You know, he, the, the the skill set is unique. There's no question. And so, uh, you know, we're all hopeful that he's gonna he's gonna play in the major leagues this year. And and I, I think assuming health, he's gonna 
he's going to give himself that opportunity. But but putting a prediction on the time frame is 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 a little bit of a dangerous game. So I think we'll uh, we'll hold off and say that um, he he's going to get there. And when when he gets there, is is a lot of that that ball's in his court to a certain degree. One thing before we let you go, and David and I certainly appreciate your time today, Paul, and wish you the best of luck. How could an organization have missed as badly on Oscar Colas, and what is the plan for Colas, who, you know, we we know has a, uh, a powerful bat and, and a good bat, but everything else about his game has just not developed. What 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 is the organization's theory on where Colas is at and where he can go? Yeah, it's it's a fair question, and I, I think at the end of the day, Oscar still relatively speaking inexperienced and I think that's a big factor I think you know the talent is undeniable does he need to be more consistent absolutely um, and I think some of that's going to be you know an incorporation of it, a little bit of a different mindset and you know I've heard Pedro Grafal talk about this with him with, with Oscar specifically and and uh, just because the talent is so is so potentially impactful and you know, I think Oscar's just going to need to decide at the end of the day. Like he, he, he's he's ready to kind of turn the page, and and, and needs to be a little bit more intentional with with some of the preparation. Which I know Marcus Timms has talked a lot about. You know, getting with him early on, and from a game planning standpoint, from a you know going about your business the right way standpoint, it, it, he's they've they've talked about being very intentional with that with him specifically, and I. I think that that's the kind of thing for, uh, you know, a relatively young player that, you know, you can kind of get to where you got on accident, so to speak, because he is really talented. Um, And everybody on the phone call knows, like, the big league success at the big league level doesn't happen on accident. And I think that's that's just kind of where Oscar is. I think he's he's primed to – you know, the, the thing he has going for him is the ability is 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 good enough to play at that level. And now, again, going back to it, becoming consistent and from a day to day basis and having a plan, you know, uh, against a particular pitcher day in and day out, I think is is a, is a big step to make for a young player. And that's what we're hoping that he does this year. Paul Yanish, the director of player development for the Chicago White Sox. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Good stuff from the director of player development. It replaces Chris Getz, who obviously is the new general manager, Bruce. Sounds like the youth movement is on. I'm glad they didn't necessarily put a timetable on Colson Montgomery, but they did leave it up to he did leave it up to him. Said that he will decide when he arrives. So I got what, June first. What do you got? After? Before? I, I would say mid season. <laughs> I think that's a fair call on your part. I, I think they want him to dominate at triple a before they bring him up and and very few players dominate enough in the minor leagues before they're brought up and and you see them struggle people don't have the timelines like they used to david of uh 1500 at bats in the minor leagues anymore it's it's hey get him here we'll develop him here if he fails we'll send him back you know uh, it's it's a different world that we live in right now but joe meyer yeah I i think i think montgomery um, it's shown signs of, uh, you know, being a, a real shortstop, a real player for the Chicago White Sox moving forward. He might be, by the time he gets 23, 24, he might be too big to play the position. Uh, we'll see. Is is he the next um, Cal Ripken body-wise that can play there, or A-Rod? We'll, we'll have to see, but he's a big kid. Speaking of Hall of Famers, Tuesday, big day in Major League Baseball. The 2024 class will be announced. We'll talk about our ballots next, or at least 
I'll talk about my ballot next. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Driven deep to center field. Gone! A home run for Joe Bauer. Boy, he jumped all over that fastball from Freddie Garcia. 3-1 fastball. The fourth home run for Joe Maurer and the third one here at the Metrodome. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back. Talking baseball for another segment, but don't forget NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend is here. Finally, you can listen to every game free with the Odyssey app. Tune in today. With the Ravens and the Texans, coverage begins at 3. Then tomorrow, doubleheader, Bucks at Lions, followed by Chiefs at Bills, the marquee game. Tomorrow's coverage begins at 1.30 on the score. Take the NFL playoffs wherever you go with 6.7 the score and the free Odyssey app. Joe Maurer coming in, highlight of a home run against the White Sox. He was a quarterback once at Florida State, made the right choice. Twins, Hall of Famer, Bruce. He could go in Tuesday night at 5 o'clock Chicago time. MLB Network makes the announcement. What do you think? Joe Maurer, who else? Well, I, I know, uh, you know, a lot of people are uh, thinking Todd Helton's going to make it this year. He was uh, very close within a few percentage points last year. Uh, he will probably make it. I did not vote for Todd Helton. I just thought the, uh, this, you know, the difference between what he did at Coors Field and everywhere else was uh, against him. He, he was a great player at Coors, but for me that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. For me, Maurer, uh, even though he only caught uh, 890 games, 
They were of the highest quality. He won three batting titles as a catcher. If you know anything about baseball, you know how hard it is to hit, particularly at the end of the year. Three batting titles as a catcher, and nobody has ever done that before. I think uh, there's been a couple that have done it uh, twice. Ernie Lombardi did it a couple of times. But uh, unbelievable uh, for the amount of time he spent there. A lot of people hold against the second half of his career where he was just a uh, – a little bit of a um, above-average OP-plus player at first base in DH. I voted for Maurer. I voted for Helton. I disagreed with you. Shocking, Bruce. I voted for Adrian Beltre. I voted for Mark Burley. I voted for Billy Wagner, and I voted for Andrew Jones. I hope they all get in. I hope that it's more than just a couple people. I don't know, though. Tuesday night, we'll find out. MLB Network will announce the class of 2024. Bruce, this has been a blast. We have some people to thank. We do, uh, and, and in particular, our uh, our great uh, uh, our great support staff here, uh, and uh, we want to thank um, uh, Andrew Bassett, the Chicago Cubs Vice President of Scouting, as well as Paul Yanish, the Director of the Minor uh, Leagues. Robbie uh, Triano, producer Robbie extraordinaire, Triano's a terrific job. For great us. job by People Robbie. You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com. Where I write Cubs and Sox all week long. David, thanks. Great to have you back full time. It's, it's awesome. I look forward to next Saturday arguing with you again. I'll be back on the Mullen Haw Show Monday morning at 5 30. Pre-game show starts at 5. Thanks for listening. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.